This is episode 25 of season 3 of Going Beyond Salvation, and this is your uh, host, Jess Robinson. And now this is this podcast is essentially going over Psalms and Proverbs. Um, just because it's, it's broken down, I figured we could uh, put these two together. And also just the fact that, you know, Psalms... Most of the Psalms were written by David. And then the Proverbs, you know, Book of Proverbs is attributed to his son Solomon. So it's just kind of interesting. You know, there are some Psalms in here that are attributed to um, uh, Solomon. There's some that are for Moses. There's, you know, Asaph, as we're getting into, um, the sons of Korah. But today, we'll, we'll, go over our the psalms and that we read and then we will go over proverbs and we get into psalm 50 and you know as i was reading this the thing that really stood out it's a psalm of asaph and essentially you know he you know writes in here that you know essentially god is not silent he's going to come and he's not going to be silent you know, and we think in this time and then in this age that God is silent, but he's not. He, you know, even though we sometimes don't hear his voice directly, he speak to us, speaks to us in his word. When we're reading the Bible, he speaks to us. He speaks to us when we're worshiping. He, and, you know, it could be through the song that we're listening to. It could be as we're just being still. We can hear, you know, and feel what what he you know, is speaking to us. And then there are those who do hear him in a clear, audible voice. And he speaks through others. You know, there's been times where people have texted me and they said, I don't know why I'm texting you this. And I don't know why I'm saying this. And it's, you know, you know, it's the Lord at that point. But he's not silent when we go into this and and it's also you know showing that he's this mighty god you know he summons the heavens and the earth you know he he's asked you know gather to me my consecrated ones who made a covenant with me by sacrifice and you know he's speaking to his people and that it's almost a rebuke in a way like he's rebuking his people because you know he's like he tells them, I'm not rebuking you for your sacrifices. You know, he doesn't need, and we're going to see it in Psalm 51 where he's like, you know, sacrifices you're not seeking for. And, but, so he's essentially rebuking the people saying, you know, I'm the one that owns, you know, you know, every animal, in this world, which, you know, he's, he's the creator. He owns everything. And when we do sacrifice, when we do tithe, you know, when the people were sacrificing, he wanted to know where their heart was at. And it was more about the heart more than the sacrifice. And, and even today, like when you think about as a believer, you know, we have tithing and people just like think of it as an obligation to tithe and some of them, but then you have the other camp that believes that, you know, when Jesus came that he did away with tithing and he didn't. Uh, 
you know, when, you know, everything that is ours is that, you know, we receive is actually the Lord's and he just asked for a very small amount. And it's also, you know, in our relationship with him, it's, you know, not just religion and, and just doing good things. It's because of our heart towards him, our love for him. That's what it's all about. And we read on in, you know, he's, you know, he's just, he, he tells them, you know, call upon me, upon me in the day of trouble and I will deliver you. You will honor me. And we, you know, we continue on in, in Psalm 50, but he confronts the wicked. He confronts the wicked going, you know, what right, especially those who are voicing, you know, those who, who say they are believers, but they're living totally opposite lives and going, what right do you have to recite my laws or take my covenant on your lips? You know, he's confronting those who are religious hypocrites and you know, and it's a big warning to them, you know, that, you know, what will happen to them if they're continuing to walk in their ways. And, and that's how God is, you know, people, you know, there's several different views that people have of God, you know, one, you know, view is, oh, he's just this totally loving father. And why would he discipline? And then there's another camp out there that says, oh, he's, they they make him sound like he's so, you know, the one minute he's happy and then the next thing you know, he's, you know, so angry in, in the Old Testament. And it's like he was not angry. And like we see here, it's he, you know, as, as a parent is, you know, they, they give us warnings when we're not following the rules, when we're not following what is supposed to be done. And we see that in, in Psalm 50, that it's essentially a warning to those who are religious hypocrites that, you know, to be careful, you know, of the path that they are taking. And so that was essentially Psalm 50. And then we get to Psalm, you know, 51. And Psalm 51 is just, it's a beautiful Psalm. And behind that, you know, you know, you read, because there's always a note at the end or at, it's it'll say psalm 51 and there's always this note and it's a psalm of david when the prophet nathan came to him after david had committed adultery with bathsheba and so yes you know david who had a heart after god he sinned and you know he had a serious moral failing you know he committed adultery with bathsheba in in second samuel he committed adultery with her and then she gets pregnant and he decides to cover it up. He brings her husband back in from the battle to see if he'll sleep with her. And then they would say, oh, you know, that's his child. And, and Uriah doesn't. Uriah is honorable during this time. He's like, I'm not going to sleep with my wife when there's men out there that don't get to see their wives. And so then David has Uriah killed in the battlefield. So he commits murder. And, and so, you know, Nathan the prophet is sent 
to to chastise David and and you know when I'm teaching youth kids I like to show you know what happens when Saul you know the leader that was before David what happened when he was confronted with sin versus David and we look to this psalm and we see that David was very repentant and we look at this psalm and you know it just starts off right in verse one that He's crying out for mercy. He's asking, you know, be, you know, God for mercy according to his unfailing love and according to his great compassion. You know, he knows who God is because of his heart for him. And he asks God to to blot out his sin, his transgression, to wash him and cleanse him from his sin. And that what is so great about this is David realizes that who he has wronged and is God. You know, there's this big mistaken concept that, that, you know, if nobody sees it or nobody's hurt, it's not, it's not bad, but God sees what we do. And and if we're sinning, we're sinning against God and God alone. And, and so he realizes that and he takes, you know, the blame and he says, I've, you know, done evil in your sight and you alone is it's you alone I've sinned against. And that he realizes that, but then he's like in verse six, it's just amazing. He says, surely you desire truth in the inner parts. You teach me wisdom in the inmost place. And so he knows that the, and that's the way the Lord is, is, you know, he desires truth in the inner parts and he teaches wisdom in the inmost place. You know, as we're in this relationship, when we're worshiping him, when we're reading our Bible, when we're just you know, taking time to be with the Lord, he's working wisdom in the inmost place. And this whole Psalm is just amazing because he asks God to cleanse him. You know, he, you know, he knows that only God can cleanse him and he asks for to be able to hear joy and gladness, you know, let the bones you have crushed rejoice. You know, he, you know, he wants to be healed, you know, and, and he asks God to hide his face from his sins and blot out all of his iniquity. And then he asks, I love this verse, create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. He is wanting a pure heart. He wants to, he wants this renewal and, and God's going to grant that, you know, that's just what's so great about it is God's going to grant that. But what's so amazing too about this is he's like, then I will teach transgressors your ways. It's not a, just about, you know, forgive me, heal me, and I'm going to move on with my life and keep this swept under the rug. He wants to go out and, 
and share what the Lord has done to others so that others will turn back. You know, that's such a heart that David had. It wasn't just about him and, and the Lord. He wanted others to have the same relationship he did with, with the Lord. And, and that's just a, how we should be is having this, this feeling when we're around people just to say, you know, you should have this relationship with the Lord and, and sharing what the Lord has done in our lives. You know, it's about witnessing to, to others, what Jesus has done in our lives. And then, you know, in the rest of Psalm 51, you know, he, he goes, you know, save me, you know, and I'm going to continue to praise you. And as God works in our lives, you know, we have to continually be praising him all the time, you know, for what he does. And I just love the, you know, how he's really finishing this out. He says, the sacrifices, or you do not delight in sacrifice, or I would bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. Oh God, you will not despise. I just love that, you know, and, and just finishing out Psalm 51 with this, that, you know, he doesn't, you know, and that's how God is. And as I was saying with Psalm 51, it's, it's not about the sacrifice. It's about the heart of the person, you know, making that sacrifice. And when they've been sinful and they're remorseful about what they did and they're wanting to seek back, you know, run back to God, it's, it's their heart that God sees. And that's how it is with us. It's, it's more than just, you know, the worship songs we sing. It's more than just, you know, the time that we read or the knowledge that we have in the Bible. It's more than that. It's what God sees in our heart and, and how we live our lives. And it's just amazing, this psalm. And then, you know, finally, Psalm 52 you know, Psalm 52 is, has another story to it that, you know, earlier in, in 1 Samuel, in, in Psalm 52, you know, David was on the run and he ends up, you know, going to Ahimelech, the, the priest, and he gets the sword of Goliath there and he takes the consecrated bread and he, think he, he thinks he was alone. Well, there's a man named Doeg, the Edomite, and Doeg ends up telling Saul, you know, that, that David was there and Saul commits genocide on these priests and their families and one gets away. And when David finds out, you know, he writes the Psalm, it's attributed to this time with Doeg and you know, he's just like, why? Why do you boast of evil, you mighty man? And that he turns around and says, okay, it's between you and God. And God is going to bring ruin upon you for what you did. And then he says, you know, 
And that's how it is with with us believers is that when we see somebody who's wronged us, who's you know doing wicked things, you know as as believers, we can we can stand and say you're doing wrong, but we can't take the vengeance upon ourselves. It's God who we give it to and we let him administer the justice in the end. And David is is essentially just leaving Doeg to to God to deal with. And at the end of it, he you know he's like, "I'm an olive tree flourishing in the house of God. I trust in God's unfailing love forever and ever. I will praise you forever for what you have done in your name. I will hope for your name is good. I will praise you in the presence of your saints." So he's continuing focusing on the Lord and letting the goodness of God live in his life and, and to change him. And that's how it is. It is with us. We can, you know, see all this evil around us and, and think that, you know, we have to be tough and fight back, but, you know, essentially, essentially what we need to do is, you know, keep our eyes on Jesus, you know, and, and yes, we stand up for what we believe in, but we we trust in God to to be our our judge and and the ultimate justice. And that's just essentially with Psalms that we read in in these uh, seven days. And so, um, I'll for for the next reading, uh, what I will. I'll go through Proverbs and then I'll say which Psalms and Proverbs we need to do. So we'll do a quick break and then we will jump into um, Proverbs. And we are back and we are in the book of Proverbs and we're going to finish up Proverbs 10 and go into 11. And kind of talk about it. So in Proverbs 10, um, you know, 19 through 21, what I saw in verses 19 through 21, it, it just goes over words, you know, and I just want to say our words and what we say and choose when and when to be silent affects us and our circumstances. You know, just some of the people that I've known that are filled with so much wisdom, godly wisdom, they know when to speak, but they also know when to be silent and to listen. And it's even in our prayer life. I think in our prayer life, we get so caught up in just trying to get our requests out that sometimes we just forget, you know, we don't sit still and let the Lord speak to us. And that's just a huge thing in, in Proverbs, you know, about the mouth and that, you know, just being essentially careful with what we say. And so, you know, that's essentially 19 verses, you know, 21. And then we look at 16 or in, in 20, or chapter 10 verses, you know, 22 through 24, you know, in, in verses 22, you know, the Lord, it says the blessing of the Lord brings wealth and he adds no trouble to it. Um, You know, a lot of times, you know, material wealth in the world is gained through wickedness and greed. 
and is therefore not from God. Now, I understand that there are some people that God has blessed, you know, financially in it, and they've done it through honesty, through integrity. There's nothing wrong with that. And they're, they're such tithers, they're such givers, because they know, you know, just holding on to that money is not going to do anything. And so, you know, however, you know, our true riches consist in the blessings of the Lord, you know, no matter what's going on in our lives, we should be content, you know, with what the Lord has given us. And it's hard because, you know, we, we compare our lives with, with others, especially celebrities and, and think we have, you know, our identity is involved in that. And it's, it's not our, our identity is involved in, in the Lord and who we are in God. And we look in, in verse 23, you know, it says a fool finds pleasure in evil conduct, but a man of understanding delights in wisdom. And, you know, when we think about, and I think about people that, you know, especially those who are into drugs and alcohol, you know, even, you know, that have some kind of addiction, they have to continually, that's where they find pleasure because their, their brain gets routed in that way. And that's the only way that they, they find contentment, but they're not really finding contentment They're there. It's just a pleasure, but it goes away and they, they're never content and, and satisfied. And so when, you know, somebody who's evil, you notice they're never satisfied. It, it, it's always, they have to have more, but a person, you know, who seeks the Lord, who has a relationship with the Lord, they delight in God. They delight in his word and, and they're pretty content, you know, in life. And because Jesus is enough, you know, they, and, you know, we have fun, but we're content because Jesus is enough. And, you know, in 24, it says what the wicked dreads will overtake him, what the righteous desire will be granted, you know, what the wicked, you know, dreads, you know, they live with such a fear of what is going to happen to them that, you know, you, you think about, like, I think of, of some people, they, they fear death, you know, they fear death. They're always looking at the obituaries. They're fascinated with death, but they're afraid to die. And it's something that they dread. And I, you know, I just say, well, you know, physically we're all going to die. But if you're not right with the Lord, you're going to be spiritually dead too. And, and, and what the desi righteous desire will be granted if it's, you know, the will of the Lord, because sometimes our desires is not what the Lord wants in our lives. And, and so that's something that we need to think about as well. And we look in, in verse 25, um, it's talking about, I just love this. When the storm has swept by, the wicked are gone, but the righteous stand firm forever. You know, you think about today and especially with COVID-19, you know, the, the storms of life that hit, you know, where's your foundation? You know, it, is it, you know, the Lord, because when the Lord is our foundation in the storm, you know, we're going to go through this storm and we're going to, 
you know, the waves will touch us, you know, we'll be drenched, but we're still going to be, you know, clinging to to the Lord. And, and when it's all over, we're still going to be standing, but those who don't on rely on the Lord, when he's not their foundation, they crumble in times like this, especially with COVID-19, they crumble because they don't see an end to this and they lose hope because they don't have you know, the joy of the Lord and and the hope that we have, which is Jesus in their lives. And so we look into that, you know, and then it talks about, you know, a sluggard and a sluggard is somebody who, who's lazy. And it's essentially, you know, like when you think about vinegar, vinegar doesn't help the teeth at all. You know, there is, you know, science about vinegar helping our bodies, but it's not very good for our teeth. And then when you think about smoke to the eyes, you know, if you've been out in a fire and there's, you know, a campfire or whatever, and and your smoke gets to your eyes, it, it burns. It's just, you know, that's how a sluggard, a lazy person is, you know, to those who send him because it's useless, you know, essentially. And, And then in verse 27, it talks about the fear of the Lord adds length to life, but the years of the wicked are cut short. And what I mean about what it means by that is, yes, you know, as believers, you know, both believers and non-believers, our physical bodies wear down. You know, we get old and our physical bodies will die. But it's not the end spiritually. You know, it's an open door into heaven eternally. And so those, you know, who, you know, revere the Lord, who have Jesus in their heart and, and as his, you know, are, you know, he's their Lord and savior, they have life, but the, the years of the wicked, those who are unrepentant, they're trying to buy time that they don't have. And at some point they're going to die. And like I was telling my youth kids, how do you want to be remembered? You know, because we don't know when we're going to die. You know, the Lord knows our days. And then when we kind of go through 28 verses 32, it is just kind of this thing of what we, you know, just these benefits of what righteous, you know, having righteousness in our lives, you know, being right with God, we have joy, you know, we have joy where, you know, you look at the wicked and their hopes come to nothing because they're cleaning on, onto something that isn't a firm foundation. You know, we have the Lord as our refuge, you know, we can go to him in the good times and the bad times, every single day we can go and find refuge and rest in him. But those who do evil don't have anywhere and they, they come to ruin. They come to burnout. They come to die. You know, we have, you know, as I said, the righteous are never going to be uprooted, especially in the torn, you know, storms of life. You know, we're firmly rooted in God and, and he's that strong foundation that we have. And then, but, you know, the wicked aren't going to remain because they don't have that firm 
foundation in the Lord. Um, you know, a benefit is, you know, when you're, you know, knowing the Lord, you're in his word and allowing him to change you. You know, what you speak to people is as you continue on and age in the Lord, you'll have wisdom where you have people who don't know the Lord and, and they have a perverse tongue that, you know, that it, it brings them ruin. It cuts them out of, you know, people's lives. And that we also know when, when to speak and not to speak, you know, as I've, I've talked to before. And then we jump in, into chapter 11, you know, in, in verses 1 through 3, you know, it talks about the Lord abhors di- dishonest skills, you know. It's about honesty, you know, having honesty and integrity in this life and that's what the Lord wants us to have but and and he will work that in us as we ask him and there's this thing about talking about pride you know pride and humility and we we see that with Jesus a lot and you know humility comes wisdom because when you think about somebody who's humble they're teachable they want to learn and so they're going to gain that wisdom where pride they you know, I've, I've met people who are filled with so much pride and they feel like they know it all. And, and so they throw up this wall and they, they're not going to gain wisdom. They're just going to gain disgrace because they think they know it all and, and, and have it all figured out and everything falls apart on them. You know, in, in verse three, you know, going back to honesty and integrity, you know, when you're walking in integrity, and we'll see it, like, especially with Daniel, in, in the book of Daniel, it, it's a guide, you know, where when you're unfaithful, you know, dishonest, it's, it, it's essentially living a double life, and you're going to get destroyed because that other life is going to come a, into reality, and and that's, you know, something that we just have to be careful of. You know, in, in 4, you know, verse 4 of 11, it's talking about wealth is worthless um, in, in the day of wrath. And it's true, you know, material wealth is going to be worthless in, in the end because it's just going to burn in the fire. You know, it's what do you want to be remembered for, essentially, and, and the life that you live, because the life you live and the people you sow, you know, the gospel into, that is what's going to stand, you know. And um, in the life that we live in the Lord, it, it makes a straight way, you know, when our focus is on the Lord and His way, it's a straight path, you know, because we know what His will is. And so it makes making decisions a lot easier. But when you're walking in wickedness, you know, you're brought down by your own wickedness at, at one point because it continues to just follow you and, and it'll bring you down at some point. You 
you know, and then we think about the righteousness of the upright delivers them. Now, it doesn't, you think that people who are righteous face, you know, fewer problems. It, you know, yeah, we'll have fewer problems, but it doesn't mean that we'll never have any problems. But we have that insurance that, that assurance that God is going to, to deliver us and there will be justice. Where the unfaithful, those who, you know, especially those who are struggled with addiction, as it continues on and they start losing hope because they're caught up in, in their, in their desires. And it's just something that we just have to really watch out for. And you know, it's just so great, you know, when you're following the Lord. And in verse 7, uh, when the wicked man dies, his hope perishes. Because, well, you know, to be truthful, they go to hell. And in hell, God's presence not, is not there, which means hope is gone. And everything he, that he expected, you know, this this evil person, everything they expect, it, it, it's nothing. They realize that it's nothing. And there have been people that have had visions of hell and they see people and they say, I should have known. I should have known. They told me I should have known, you know, I should have listened. You know, there's, there, there was voices like that, that they were hearing in hell. And that's the sad thing is, you know, there's a hell out there and it's it's absent of God, so there's no hope, and and everything that you expected in this life, it it's not there, and and that and it's just sadness, it's and and pain. Um, in verse eight, it says, you know, the righteous man is rescued from trouble, and it comes on the wicked instead, and we'll we'll actually see this like with Daniel, we'll see it with Esther, in the book of Esther, you know. We'll face problems, but when we give it to God and allow God to deliver us and let him administer the justice, it's actually, you know, there's such a huge turnaround. And then finally for, for the reading, it says, you know, with, with his mouth, the godless destroys their neighbor. You know, as we've talked about, our words can hurt people. It can affect their salvation and so as, as we gain wisdom in the Lord, we learn what to speak and how to speak and how to speak to people in, in, in the way that God would want us to speak. And so uh, that, you know, was, was the reading for Proverbs. And um, for, for the next seven days of reading for Psalms, I'm going to say for for Psalms real quick. So for Psalms, we're going to do Psalm 53. We're going to read Psalm 54 and 55 and 56. So that's, you know, four of them. Feel free to break them up however you want. And then Proverbs, we're going to finish the rest of chapter 11. So, and there's 31 verses um, total. So, in, in chapter 11. So feel free to break it up however you want. So I'm just going to end in a prayer. And I just want to say thank you Lord Jesus for who you are. And Lord I pray that as we read your word. That we would just gain wisdom. And that Lord our lives would be. You know. 
filled with a heart that is like David's that wants to know you and become more like you, Lord, and and when and that our hearts even break when we're not following you, Lord. And we just pray that today, Lord Jesus, and that Lord just have your way in our hearts in so many ways. Just let our lives just be filled with gaining wisdom and how to speak with others and lift up others up and encourage them to speak the truth and the gospel and to witness to others, Lord God, so that they too have a chance at knowing you, Lord Jesus. And we just thank you for all that you're doing and continue to do in Jesus name. Amen. Stay tuned for another podcast uh, for the book of Luke. Thank you.